0: Welcome, welcome back to Rise to Liberty Podcast. Today, I am joined by John Kerwin. Now, real quick, before we jump in, I do want to drop our sponsor, Nadu Shave Company. They have the balls to sponsor this show, so you know they must be a good product. (laughs) They are uh, old-fashioned single-blade razors and it is without a doubt the best shave that you can possibly get. There's Ooh. a reason your dad and granddad used to use these straight, you know, single blade razors all the time. And this is a company that's veteran owned, family operated. And the days of big shave are over all of this China made, uh, multi-blade plastic crap. Get it out of your house. And, uh, Support Nadu Shave Company. That's N-A-D-E-A-U-S-H-A-V-E-C-O dot com. Promo code RISE15 for 15% off. Nadu Shave Company, where tradition beats modernity. John, how's it going?
1: Good, man. I'm glad I shaved this morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was funny when, when he first sent me the the sample to try it out um i was sitting there i was like you know i don't shave right (laughs) yeah right look i I take care of my cheeks i i do you know underneath my beard and stuff and you know i have super sensitive skin and Mm -hmm. so it was it was really really impressive having that single blade you know i I didn't get the irritation it was it just makes me wonder why so many things have just gone to plastic crap i mean yeah but
1: yeah, and you see those old gangster movies where they're in the barbershop shop and the guy's shaving them with a s- yep. straight razor. It always makes me nervous, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, um, yes, Jacob, who are you? Who, who are the you? heck am
1: I? Well, I've been me ever since I was born, <laughs> and uh, I'm just a normie that got trained into a into a truther back in uh, I don't know about seven years ago. I was I was a full I was a Pattern day trader. I was day trading for like five years. And I, so I'm in the financial markets and I found out the Federal Reserve wasn't federal. That was my entry point into the rabbit hole. It's really bizarre. I mean, a lot of us lived our whole lives as the unconvinced or normies, like we call them. They actually named themselves that. My daughter said, Dad, I wish you were normal. So, <laughs>
0: Uh, whatever, whatever that means.
1: <laughs> what is it though, Jacob? Like you're just <laughs> yeah. sailing along and it's sort of like God comes up behind you and taps you on the shoulder and he says, Hey, did you notice that's fake? <laughs> and why didn't that, why was that 50 until I noticed the lunar lander looked like it's made from curtain rods and, you know, cardboard. Uh, anyway, you know, what happens with all of us is once you begin to question or, or you see the first thing, whatever it is, you know, might be the moon landing, 9-11 was a big one for a lot of people. Well, then what happens is you go, well, if that's not true, what else isn't true? And I believe that that is the genesis of the truth or journey, because somehow that lifts the veil, it gives you permission to begin to question the official narrative. And what happens then? <laughs> man, it's a bumpy ride because you start turning over rocks and it turns out there's a conspiracy under just about every rock. And if your family, your life, your wife or husband or your kids aren't turning over rocks with you, man, the gap between you just keeps growing. And that's what the book's about. The book is about, it's called The Conspiracy Theorist's Survival Guide. It's a guidebook for persecuted truthers, because in my ex, my case, my beautiful wife, who I love to this moment, I would go back to and immediately asked me for a divorce after 24 years and four children. And I found out that that is actually very common, because I have thousands of subscribers on my YouTube channel, Wake Up or Else. And... I started making videos to save my marriage, but it turned out people were telling me, Yeah, my kids don't talk to me anymore. My spouse divorced me. I was shocked. I thought it was me, you know? Yeah.
0: So what do you believe that it is that causes that that divide? It and it doesn't seem like just a divide, it's because, you know, there's for old friends, I just don't talk to. anyway. yes, that's a divide. This, yes. this is more of like a wedge driven in between, to where, you know, there's, there's nothing that can happen from, from that point forward. So what mm. do
1: you leave huge question? That? I mean, I've, I've been I've 100 videos covering that question. So it would take multiple episodes to try to answer the question. But let me try to boil it down to the essence of why finding out that officialdom is lying, that there's systematic evil. In other words, the entire media, if you believe the moon landing is fake, for instance, or 9-11 is fake, or the ISS guys are on wires, let's use those examples. What you have to then believe is the entire media is bold-faced lying to all of humanity, and that NASA is, is a complete fabrication there's no moon landings. There's no rockets. They just go up on an arch and they go back out into the commuter triangle. It's all fake. It's all an incredible circus. If you believe that, then you have to um, embrace an incredible conspiracy, the logistics of which seem impossible. It's just It seems statistically or logistically impossible. But yet, that's not proof. The proof is... things that are empirically measurable and obvious and you just you just make that leap they have to be lying and so if you make that leap it is going to cause pain on par with the spanish inquisition jesus told us in matthew 10 that i didn't come to bring peace but a sword and the members of your own household will be your enemies that's what jesus said So truth divides people. And so basically the unconvinced, this is this other group, have this very central characteristic that they don't know and they don't want to know. That's what characterizes the normie or the unconvinced. They have decided that that journey of pain that you're on is not something they're interested in. So they're essentially taking a fallback position to preserve their happy life. They're on a joy ride. And they'd prefer not for you to come in as a buzzkill, Debbie Downer, and mess up their joyride. So they're going to commit an intellectual suicide. And because your empirical evidence is so compelling, the only option that they have is to attack you personally. So that's why the term conspiracy theory gets invoked immediately, because that's a character assassination term. And they will invoke the term crazy, ridiculous, irrational. What are you talking about? and it's really easy to do for them because they have the entire power structure behind them and you little old you at the family meeting standing in the corner trying to defend yourself against all this really vitriolic attack vectors it's not easy
0: no no it is not um obviously i've i've been called almost everything i could possibly think of it's totally universal Mm-hmm. Yeah. everybody goes through it yeah and we, we as uh, people who see things for what they are or for the very fact that they aren't what we believe them to be or at mm-hmm. least what we're initially told yeah for all of us that is universal yeah a lot of it us is. are dismissed and obviously there's a lot of things that I don't believe um, but at this point I am not going to turn around and be like, "Well, you're just crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist." Um, I consider conspiracy theorists to be a, uh, a compliment at this point. Yeah. Um, so, like, I I wouldn't be comfortable with sitting there and thinking that everything's just fine. the the, the government is batting a thousand. And they don't lie to us, but if they do, it's probably for our own good. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I understand not wanting to know this. I understand wanting to live in the comfortable reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally believe that it does have to do a lot with if you know about something happening, then you have to do something about it. Thank you. Ethically and morally. And if you don't know about it, then you don't have to do anything about it. So I do believe a lot of it does come from a bit of laziness, but also a a bit of uh, not wanting to rock the boat.
1: You got it. That's That's ding, ding, ding. It's integrity. That's what I discovered is the core operating software of the truther. Is that when they're confronted with the empirical evidence... Uh, you know, that the picture of the Earth from space is not a picture of the Earth from space, as we've been told for our entire life. It's actually 12 strips of data. Uh, Robert Simmon of NASA admitted that in an article. It's on NASA. You can look it up. And then he added color and clouds and Photoshopped it and put it up there. And then people like you and I have forced them out into the open, where now they admit it's a cartoon. But for decades, they lied to us, bold face, right to our faces, that it's a picture. And that's why if you try to suggest, for instance, that the earth is flat and stationary, people will rise up immediately with with indignation because they look at you like you're a stupid idiot and their, their first statement is, we have pictures. Well, you don't. You have an image, which is a likeness of a picture. Yes. And and the and the image is actually a cartoon, is what you're basing your indignation on. You haven't done your homework. You're a mind control victim. And you need to repent and humble yourself like the rest of us, have one good despair, and get it over with. So uh so the, the truther, however, sees these empirical evidences which are irrefutable. There's no answer to them. Uh, and then they run in a little algorithm that says, "Well, you know, Earthrise—the picture of the Earth from the Moon, taken from the first Apollo mission—if you put it into Photoshop, anybody could do it—a perfectly square artifact appears around the picture of the Earth." And and photography experts have said the only explanation for that is it was cut and pasted into the image. It's fraud. Nobody from NASA has ever stepped forward to refute that. That. Those two examples are two unequivocal examples that NASA is lying. So the, so the truther comes to that evidence and says, they're lying. There's a pattern of lying, therefore they're liars. Then they go like this. Well, if that's happening, I can no longer just clap for NASA like a trained SEAL. I'm going to have to say something, just like what you just said. If this is true, I'm going to have to do something. Integrity demands action. The unconvinced, however, sees the same empirical evidence, they run a different algorithm. One of them is, I'm really smart, and I'm important, and if I admit that the earth is flat and is lying, I would have to be really stupid for that to have happened. So I'm going to have a truth abortion. Plus, I don't want to join Jacob's little posse, because he's <laughs> getting his ass kicked around the world, and I don't want that, because... I'm having a good time. So that's basically the difference. It's an integrity issue at the core. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's been interesting. Um, And we'll, we'll get into the whole space thing because that's, that's something not that I'm new to the idea, but I'm more new to accepting. I would, I would say um, on, I'm, I've come to accept certain things that maybe, you know, five years ago I would have, uh, Mm -hmm. written off as like, nah, nah, it it doesn't go quite that deep. Um, or this, this isn't quite what it is. And, and I'm still a little bit on that because one thing I do want to touch on with you that I, I think is really important to touch on is the idea of, um, the the counter narrative, and that there are very clear uh, psychological operations out there meant to um, throw people off the trail or to discredit people uh, by bringing certain things up, um, and and we'll we'll get into that, but I do want to get back to uh, the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. because that was also my awakening as well. Interesting. Um, okay, cool. I, I had a friend hand me The Creature from Jekyll Island. Yep. And I read that book, and, well, here I am now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's where it all began for me. Uh, luckily, I was able to uh, interview G. Edward Griffin. Nice. Um, and I, I've, I've spoken to him many times, and since then have, have consumed a lot of his content, gotten a lot of his, uh, his, his older presentations. And mm. uh, of course his really famous interview he did with uh, Yuri Bezmenov mm-hmm. yeah. back in the eighties. Yeah. And so do you kind of want to give a, I, I guess a synopsis just in case there's anybody out there that doesn't know about the federal reserve and then, Uh, go into what you were thinking when you first heard these.
1: Yeah, let's bring it. Since your subscribers are really, it seems like you guys are really in the geopolitical arena. Let's go there because we can go into the whole American state national legal education movement. That's all relevant to your uh, listeners. So uh, yeah, being in the financial markets, I just found out that the Federal Reserve was really part of a, uh, cabal of private banks, it, It's it, but it's presented as a government building, white building in Washington. You know, you wouldn't think that Federal Express is part of the government because it's not presented that way. So I really, for the first time, saw, hey, these politicians must know the Federal Reserve is fake. So they're all lying. And it's just like this revelation moment where you just realize that there's systematic lying going on, on a, on a, institutional level, and it just rocks your world. Um, And so later on in my journey, I began to listen to people talking about common law and the legal education movement, we call it, and uh, started studying that. And one of the revelations there is that all of the city, county, state, and the federal government are all corporations, um, the police departments, the judges, the the court systems, everybody from the DA all the way down to the dog catcher has a Dun & Bradstreet number in your town. So that means that the governments are all de facto. They're fake. They're posing as a government, when in fact, they're actually a privately held for-profit business. Well, this is unknown to most people. It's extremely bombshell information too, because it changes everything. And the way to understand this, it's very simple. If you go into a Walmart, let's say as a customer, and you're going to buy some groceries and uh, the manager comes over, he hands you a broom and says, hey, I need you to go sweep up in the back. What are you going to say to him? Right? You're going to be like, what are you talking about? I don't work for you. However, If two weeks prior, you had come in and filled out a job application and you accept it, now you got your name tag on. Now, if he comes to you and asks you the broom, now it makes sense. And if you want to keep your job and receive the benefit of the check, then you have to go sweep up. Okay, so that's us. We have been opted in as employees through presumption to these corporate structures. And then we are basically tricked into receiving their benefits. And as a result, we are then required or expected to comply with their rules. So in the initial analogy, if I go into Walmart, I'm not expected to comply with their policies of, you know, being there at a certain time, providing certain services. I don't have to do that. Why? Because I'm not contracted with them. So what the legal education movement is about is discovering that these so-called governments are actually privately held for-profit businesses that you are then presumed to be an employee of, and you can quit through an affidavit and through different superior titles, not just lingo. You have to do it in paperwork. And once you've done that, you move things to a trust, you affidavit your way out of it. Now, if I get pulled over, let's say, this is all verifiable. You can look up the Dun & Bradstreet number of your local municipalities, and then you'll know. There's no scenario where a local government or any government could have a Dun & Bradstreet number. That's only for companies, okay? And so the the cop that pulls me over is not my daddy. He's not God. I'm not his property. Thirteenth Amendment abolished slavery. So, the, so what right does he have to tell me to do anything? I actually have a friend who's a police officer in Charlotte. His daughter, my daughter, play soccer. We're standing next to each other, talking. I said, Tim, by the way, if you, he's in his uniform, right? He's sergeant. Like he's been in the force for twenty years. I said, if you pulled me over what right do you have to tell me to do anything and you know what he did he went hmm that's a good question and he had to think about it for a while and then he finally said well a long time ago the uh, city attorney came in and trained us and he told us that we derive our authority from the state that's what he said so what is the state the state is a privately held for-profit business okay well if the state has a right to tell me what to do, where's my paycheck? Where's my company car and where's <laughs> my benefits? Okay. What happens at birth is they create a a Cess Q V trust in the name of your corporation. Your old name your your name is stolen, and a a uh, charging utility is created, where a million dollar loan is taken out against this future tax paying person. As surety, and then it's invested over your lifetime, but then they trick you into standing in for that corporation your entire life. They monetize your signature. It's an incredibly complex system of scam enslavement, including the tax scheme and everything. And so um, I said to him, okay, so if, you're, if the state gave you authority over me, What right does the state have to tell me to do anything? He had no answer. Where's the contract that I have? Well, the first contract is when you get your first job when you're 15 at the fish market and you fill out your first W-2. That's you agreeing to pay taxes the rest of your life. Or you saunter into the driver's DMV and you request a driver's license. That's you contracting with them. But the first one is they presume the doctrine of parents patria over you at birth. They just presume it, Yep. which is the state is your parent. So you're basically enslaved. They even make little, uh, uh, they take the infant's feet and they dip it in ink and they put that on the live birth certificate, which is a Babylonian ritual for, for slaves. They, they basically claim you as chattel. So this is the, this is the matrix starting out from birth. The matrix is a, a natural construct, but it's also a metaphysical construct where they enslave us. And the genius of it is they get you to love your slavery. They love it. People love wearing masks. They walk down the street wearing a mask and they, they think anybody that doesn't pay taxes is a tax cheat. It gets you to love your slavery. You should pay every tax that you legally owe, which is zero exactly <clears throat> it's mind-boggling the complexity of it is mind-boggling and so so the legal education movement is discovering that you can go like this you go into walmart and you say i quit so you go into their system and you say i object i, re- I remove all consent i do not consent here's my affidavit now there's two civil statuses you can occupy And they created the second one the day before they created the 14th Amendment. uh, Honest Abe set the slaves free, but then he
0: enslaved us. He enslaved us. Don't get me started on Lincoln. Don't
1: get me started! (laughs) Right? So what did he say? It's um, 8USC 1401 is how we were enslaved as citizen is city, municipality, and zen, which is slave. I'm a US citizen, I demand my rights. No, you're demanding your slavery if you say that. Because listen to what the definition of a citizen is, 8 U.S.C. 1401, a person born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. (laughs) They're telling Mm -hmm. you you're a slave. You're a slave and you love it. You love it, love it, love it.
0: For anyone who might not be following along, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but they, they meaning the system, virtually turns each individual into a trust. Yes. And therefore, put themselves in charge of the trust. Yes. Uh, which, which is one reason why they don't teach you these things unless you go to law school or unless you're born into a family that, you know, holds their own trust. Uh, that That's the reason why a lot of these rich families or even, I'll, I'll just say the, the more aware families will um, come in and set up their own family trust. Yeah. Um, yep. We are all set up legally as a trust, which is where, they get their authority from because they have the authority to govern their trust. Yep. And any, anything beyond that, all the things we were taught in our, you know, government programming uh, camps or schools, um, all of that was just propaganda to get you to believe that you're a free sovereign citizen and you have, uh, you know, that the government derives its uh, authority from, your consent and you can revoke that at any time. And by voting, you're giving their your consent, Mm -hmm. all of these things. It's not, not true, but it's not true. That's not how the system is set up. And that's not, that's not what is happening.
1: Yeah. Well, the day before they implemented the 14th slave class status, they created a different status called 8 U.S.C. 1101A21, definition of American state national, a person owing permanent allegiance to a state. So there are two civil statuses that you can occupy. You remain in the one that you're in by presumption. If you want to extricate yourself from that, you can do that. And the proof that they exist is Tashiro v. Jordan. It is clear that there is a citizenship of the United States and a citizenship of a state. This is another Supreme Court ruling, U.S. v. Anthony. The term resident and citizen of the United States is distinguished from a citizen of one of the several states in that the former is a special class of citizen created by Congress. There's five or six more of these findings that clearly delineates two separate civil. So I'm still a U.S. citizen. But what, you, what we don't understand is that there is two of everything. In the beginning, there was two separate court systems, one for common law, one for civil. Then they merged them, but they still exist. So you can walk into a court and you can convene your own common law court. There's two post offices, the United States Postal Service and the post office. There's two IRS's, the IRS and the Internal Revenue Service. They're not the same. There's two of you. There's there's the john kerwin all caps corporate fiction that's monetized and is a charging utility and then there's me the living man there's there's united states which is a corporation and then there's the united states of america upper and lower case which is the republic and you in you exist in the one that you stand up and demand to exist in basically
0: and it's the confusion between the two that uh, they bank on yes. to prevent people from leaving the corporation, which is where they get their authority to be able to tax you. Yep. Um, so checkmate taxation is theft. Told yeah. you.
1: <laughs> Bingo. And, and what's what they use is they just use definitions and word salads to trick us and you have to learn how to play their their word game like for instance when yes. it says when it says you're a person born in the United States that is defined in the US code you know yes. what the term United States means a 10 square mile area in the district of columbia that's the definition of
0: the United States so one one thing i kind of want to bring up i i always love pointing to this is back in Medieval Europe, Um, and there's plenty of examples of this, but it's just the one I like to point to, but medieval Europe, it is very common for people to understand that at one point the the church had ultimate authority and most people didn't know how to read. The only real person that knew how to read was the priest. Yep. The reason they did that was to be able to keep control over the people. That's right. Um, Most people will accept that as a fact. What people don't realize is that hasn't changed. They Mm -hmm. don't teach you their language to be able to still keep you locked down and enslaved. And that's that's how they do it. They keep certain knowledge away from you. And I, I like to call it legalese, but to be able to understand what they're saying, you have to understand the legal code. That's their language. Right. When you when you say citizen, that the individual when they say <laughs> citizen, that is not the same thing as when somebody from the government says citizen. Correct. Their citizen has a very specific definition, which you can find in a law dictionary. Yep. Like blacks. So this is primarily what my show exists for. Excellent. Is is to expose this, this truth, mm-hmm. um, among many others. Dig it. That there are, things are the way they are, but they don't appear to be what you know them to be
1: mm-hmm.
0: there there's been all these smoke and mirrors thrown up in front of us our entire lives and it's just that it is smoke and mirrors and it's the, about as cheap as smoke and mirrors
1: <laughs> Yep, yeah. and i've been studying for seven years six well probably five years pretty consistently And I'm, I'm part of a a paid subscription program called ASN study guide. I highly recommend it. If you want to live in the private, uh, because it's five full-time people, very organized and they bring on the top level trainers and, and you think you kind of get a handle on things and they'll bring on somebody that'll just blow your mind. There's a whole nother level of duplicity that you couldn't even imagine. Um, and so. You're exactly right, though, Jacob. It's a word salad game. Like, for instance, the term state, this is 26 U.S.C. 7701A10. The term state means District of Columbia. So you're, you're presumed to live in the 10 square mile area of, 10, of the District of Columbia in their mind. So then they have jurisdiction over you. By, by you not repudiating that state means that. So the onus is on you to be a man, basically. Yeah. 26 USC 7701A9, the term United States means District of Columbia. Now listen to these two. 26 USA 7701, USC I mean, A14, the term taxpayer means citizen or resident of the District of Columbia. Then lastly, uh, 7701A26, the term trade or business means in performance of functions of a public office. Your tax code says that you have to pay income on a trade or business. That's what they use to make you pay taxes. But what what is a trade or business? It means you are a publicly elected official. So unless you're a publicly elected official, you're not engaged in a trade or business. Which means you don't owe income on that because you're not engaged in a trader business. Now, not paying your taxes, find out what happens. You will, yes. you'll seize your stuff and put you in jail. So there's a very complex process and there's different strategies, you know, secure party creditor, affidavit this way. You know, the path that I'm taking is all, it's all about trusts. Yep. And, uh, but for sure, Lots of people are, you know, we may all go to prison, all of us. So we might as well be like, Worf, today's a good day to die, and just go out swinging. William Wallace, hey, William, (laughs) if you don't stop talking, they're going to kill you. And he's like, all men die, but not all men live. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's unbelievable, though. It's so criminal. It's just infuriating. It
0: really is, especially once you once you know these things and you just see them li- lying all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> <That's> so, really... <laughs> so I'm fairly involved within my local politics, mm-hmm. which I, I feel like a, a lot of the time I feel as though I am, uh, a clown at the circus. Yeah. Um, how so <laughs> being, being involved in politics, um, so for anyone who doesn't know, I am involved, uh, in my local third party, the, the, the libertarian party here in my state mm-hmm. and, uh, currently running for office for the second oh, man, time. That's awesome. Yeah. I see why people don't do it. You yeah. know, it is, first of all, it is all a money game that, that's yeah. all it is. Whoever has the most money, um, whoever has name recognition or the power of a legacy party behind you is who wins. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all all rigged. It's, it's a popularity and money game. And it's it uh, even just on the surface, it's really incredibly frustrating to see inward. Yeah. Um. The one thing that's, that's interesting is this narrative that, and this, I, I blame commies for this one, um, but the distinction that there is a difference between government and corporation, um, there, there is none um, as we were just discussing, mm-hmm. but the general public views it this way as if businesses are somehow different than a government yeah. and it's, it's just not They're They're simply not, uh, I, I figured a way to soften this blow is to, is to claim that corporations themselves are an extension of uh-huh. government. Um, and this is usually pretty digestible for most people as, um, you know, it to be a corporation, it's a special tax filing with the, the federal government. You pay a fee, uh, you're allowed certain certain um, privileges, but it all happens through the government. And I've been trying to uh, break that down for people. Um, all of this stuff is just right on the surface, just right in our face. and they've done a very, very good job of getting all of you to look past it.
1: Indeed. The, so, that's what that's what fascism is, basically. It's the amalgamation yes. of government and uh, business. Yeah, to that where there's no difference. Indistinguishable. We're pretty much there, of course. Yeah, you understand especially, how works. After,
0: especially after COVID. And we saw the, the connection between social media companies and the government, mm-hmm. uh, which, my personal opinion, there is no such thing as a social media company. They are just surveillance companies rebranded and in fact it's the most successful rebranding of all time um, I I believe this is the core of the message of what Edward Snowden had uh, mm. exposed to us is there is no difference between social media companies and surveillance companies that, that they are one in the same
1: yeah Yep. and if you're if you're trying to evaluate the geopolitical landscape, um, it's sort of like the spectrum of gamma all the way over to microwave. and In the very center of the graph, if you look it up, there's this little sliver of spectrum, which is visible light. So your eyeballs are only able to perceive a very small spectrum of what's really happening. So for instance, right now, There's TV or radio waves going through your room, yeah. but you can't perceive it because your ears don't get it. Your eyes don't get it. You're not designed to pick it up. You have to have a radio that tunes into that specific frequency to get it. Right? So in a similar way, whenever you're looking at the data sphere, there's always like 12 levels of truth behind whatever you're seeing. And if you're trying to evaluate and come up with a political view, It's very difficult unless you understand how the pyramid is really filtering down to that. So you've got at the very bottom, the people who are supposedly being ruled over by this public servants who are all go in there broke. And now if you look at them, they're all worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It's a very top. Convenient. (laughs) Yeah. And so... You've got the intelligence agencies, the police, military, religion, governments, education, and media, but they're really, politicians aren't running anything. They're run by the special interest groups and the corporations run all that. So the money determines who's who in the zoo. And then the corporations are really run by the IMF. Above that is the central banks. Above that's the Bank of International Settlements. That's the big dog. And then you've got the Bilderberg group, which is the operating system. The organizational arm and then da- davos and then the united nations is really owns and runs that above that's the chatham house the royal institute of international affairs groups like that this is the best that i could tell how how it works then you've got the freemason lodges and all the secret societies where all the voodoo goes on and the think tanks uh are a little higher level a little more rarefied than that like trilateral commission Council on Foreign Relations. These are starting to get to be the big dogs. But then you go to the three city-states, which is the Vatican Crown, Washington, and the City of London. So that's your financial capital, your military capital, and your religious capital, which will be all amalgamated in the coming New World Order. And then the Committee of 300, Council of 13. These are the people that go into these dungeons and actually conjure up the fallen ones. So, they have direct interaction with fallen angels. And you really can't. And above that, I think, is something called the Pinyard or whatever. Uh, They are just another type of person. They're like probably reptilian. Who knows? It's nothing imaginable to the normal person what these people are like. And they're running the world from the shadows.
0: So, I'm going to put a pin in that real quick. Yeah. So, you're in the financial industry working you you learn the federal reserve is not federal it's a private bank yeah and then that of course just pulls 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 back the veil yeah what what happens in your life after that
1: oh boy it's a rough road there's a lot of dead bodies and it's not uncommon Uh, the matrix is not friendly to anybody that tries to leave it in fact i just watched the truman show last night again
0: Oh, love that movie
1: yeah i just i came up i said let me watch this again it was really helpful because it shows his journey of beginning to find out things like the spotlight falls out of the sky that's the first thing and then he starts seeing clues and and early on he still trusted his friend like he goes to his friend like i think i'm being followed so there was these degrees of waking up until finally he realizes his fiance is is a actress and everybody's a, it's like oh. and so that's kind of what happens to you is you wake up to how huge the deceptions are and i mean i don't believe we live in a tv studio or we're in pods like in the matrix but it's close to that um and so imagine if truman found all that out and then said this well what difference does it make i still have to go to work don't i (laughs) wouldn't that be unthinkable yeah so you're ruined truther you are ruined for business as usual i started telling my wife i said honey i got off the bus i can't i can't Doomed life as we've been doing it you know you lose your your interest in landscaping and going bowling and like you said in the beginning you get you you are struck with a sense of self-preservation you find yeah. out that the rule the rulers of this world are Luciferian blood-drinking psycho mobsters that want you dead I mean <laughs> look at look yeah. at Bill Gates he's in an interview mm-hmm. multiple times giggling when he says there's another plague coming hey and he's giggling. Yeah. These people are master criminals and psycho eugenic. They, l- he got up on a TED talk for the love of heaven. And he said, if we do a good job with vaccines, we can reduce the population. He's telling you he's coming to kill you. Yeah. Meanwhile, your spouse, your children are planning the next vacation, building the swimming pool, and they're upset with you because you're not all invested in landscaping and they yeah. cannot relate to the change that you've changed overnight. Most people don't radically change ever, much less overnight. And so all of your ideals, your values, your worldviews, and I understand the idea of not ramming things down people's throat. And and I did that at the end. But it's different if it's some peripheral person that you can just walk away from. This is your spouse and your children. You're doing life with them. And, and if you're the husband and the father, and then your spouse and children are giving you shut up or else orders, yeah, that's very difficult to deal with.
0: Well, and that's, you know, I've, I've been very lucky um, as far as uh, my my mother and sister, uh, who are, as far as blood family, are the, the closest ones to me. Um they're, they're the ones that helped raise me, um, yeah. my, my dad in and out of my life, and love my dad, um, but spent most of the time with my mother and my sister. Luckily, they're more on this wavelength. Um, nice. So I haven't had to fight with them like I have others. Um, most recently, um, my mother's side of the family – Um, a lot of them that the aunts and uncles all, you know, took the poke Mm. and, you know, I, I worry about them every day because of that. Yep. 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 But my, my mother didn't, uh, she, she listened to me and my sister and thank God she has enough of her own health issues. Nice. Um, and I, I genuinely believe that that would have been it for her if she would have taken it. Um, and, now, here on the other side, at, at the time, she she was being shamed and uh, ridiculed and all of these things were not just, you know, taking it, you know. Yeah. Uh, your health is so bad. Why? I figured you would be the first person to take it, you know, comments <laughs> like this. And it's like, well, no, my, my, my kids read and they've informed me that th- this is not a, a smart decision. Mm-hmm. And vindicated. So, um, you know, I've been lucky in that. Not, not everyone is. Uh, however, I do believe that you build your family, and there are there are choices to where you can be asleep like that, or you can not, and you can actually do something. I appreciate the fact that even though it has come at a great cost for you, which my deepest sympathies for that, um, you, you have actually gotten up and done something about this. So I, I commend you for that trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Um, this is not a, a light path to walk down. It's trust me, I don't, like this isn't what I wanted I would love yeah. to be to be focused on you know landscaping and yeah. my my next vacation um, yeah. I would love to be able to relax like that yeah um never never again though <laughs> isn't know? that
1: interesting yeah that that's another yeah. thing I found in my research is that truthers r- truthers are truthers because. When they discover one or two of these rabbit holes, they run headlong into a sense of destiny. Now, destiny is not your plans. Destiny is whatever God's plan is for you. And the urgency of the hour, like some men are born to greatness, others have it thrust upon them. They, they rise to the occasion. They accept destiny and they see a bigger picture. They begin to take on the burden of the world and the people around them. So truthers have, they care. Congratulations, truther. Good job. You are right. And you are a good person because you care. And you're going to try to step into the fray and make a difference, which is the correct response to tyranny. Because what we're accused of is we're accused of being uh, obsessed. Now, that's a fair observation from their viewpoint, because their, their sin is apathy. Okay? They're yes. totally detached from reality, and they're, they're wicked because of it. Okay? But if you're in a burning building, you're supposed to be obsessed. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the correct response. So the real question is, how capable are you of discerning how hot the fire is? That's that's why I just did a talk. It's on my YouTube channel. Wake up, or else. And it's called Help. I have more than ten rabbit holes in my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, the more of these you find out are true, the more you're like ruined for this world. And and the people that aren't going to get in the battle for humanity um, are are going to become irreconcilable. You can be in the same room with them. They can be your spouse or your children. And you could talk about hair, nails, fun, fun, seasons in the sun, whatever they want to talk about. But there's no possible relationship uh, because they are the ones that have cut you off. It's not you. Like, I did not leave my family. I was asked to leave. I begged her not to do this. But I was told, I don't want to be married to you. We're in two different worlds. And I don't blame my wife, just like I don't blame someone that has a brain tumor for acting crazy. So that's how I view my wife. She's incredible. I love her. If she called me right now and said, honey, I'm sorry, you were right about so many things and I know we had our differences, but I want to forgive you. She never ever apologized to me. And I said, and she said that I want want you to come home. I would pack my bags as fast as I could. So what happens, truther, is you don't go to your loved ones and tell them this if you don't talk to me about these things I discovered, I can't have a relationship with you. Have you ever said that? No. No. But I can guarantee you that at the early stages, you've been handled and managed. You've been told, hey, listen, Jacob, when we go to my sister-in-law's, I only want you to talk about your crazy things for three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then if you persist, though, over a time period, it gets worse. I covered this in chapter six, the three stages of rejection. And the third stage is you're, you are given shut up or else orders. You are given an ultimatum. I was told this. I've have talked to many, many people have been told this. If you talk about your crazy things, I can't have a relationship with you. Now, what that is, is them ending the relationship. Because I cover this in my book you know cuz they don't tell you what crazy is so what what is crazy well for me it's just about everything so now you have to you have to basically you have to pretend like you are deceived like they are by being silent for the rest of your life to stay in rapport with them which is intenuable. it's it's so humiliating and disrespectful and not something that you would require of them. And I i did do that. I was silent for two years while I was still in my home with my wife and children. For two years, I was what I call happy dad. All I talked about was whatever they wanted to talk about. I would just go to the dinner table and I'd just sit there and eat. But it didn't matter because it was the elephant in the room. They already knew I was a kook. They think you're crazy. I came home one day, and there was an intervention in my son room my wife who's an alcohol and drug alcohol addiction counselor my pastor assistant pastor and the deacon and they were having an intervention and my wife said i think you need to take medication
0: oh yeah and i i bet that's really hard to sit through when you know you know the things that you do and you're watching everyone right. come to you like that like it's uh it's almost like a twilight zone episode You know,
1: I've found that people in this world that go through horrendous, like like one example is this one person that I saw who was repeatedly raped over a long period of time by their father. I mean, that's got to be like the worst possible thing you could ever experience and, and not die. Well, she turned it around. She reframed it. What God meant, the devil meant for evil, God used for good. It's a choice, though. She reframed it, and she has this worldwide ministry to sexually abuse people or whatever, right? That's all you can do. (laughs) What else? You know, you're either spiraling up or you're spiraling down. I could totally go into the bottle and just die an alcoholic in the street. Or I could turn it around, and what I've done is I've attracted a whole bunch of people that have the similar kind of things, and we're all... Banding together to do life. So what else can you do?
0: So (laughs) say, say I'm somebody that's just walked through the veil. Um, I'm starting to, to notice all the red flags everywhere. And, you know, people are starting to treat me different, get hostile. What, what do I, a, a person just new to this, what, what do I do? From there.
1: Oh, super question. I'll give you the million-dollar answer. You ready? Whenever you start opening your mouth to your soul and you start telling them you believe the moon landing is fake or 9-11 is fake, whatever it is, it only takes one. The governments or corporations, there's underground bases, there's reptilian shapeshifters, there's a breakaway civilization, there's chemtrails, pick one. What's going to happen next about 100% of the time is you're going to hear the term conspiracy theory. It's pretty much guaranteed. Now, that term is a character assassination term. It's like calling you a fool. It's like calling you a crazy wacko. And it's also Also designed- a misnomer. It's a misnomer and it tells you, I, I don't agree with what you're saying. I don't want you to talk about it anymore. And I'm embarrassed for you to even bring it up, because it tells me that you're an imbecile. Okay, so what you do is you hold up your right finger and you say, excuse me, excuse me, I may be mistaken, but I am not crazy. And I would appreciate it if you didn't use that term in my presence, because it's very disrespectful. That's a million dollar secret. A lot of people told me that, John, I use that a lot. As soon as they invoke crazy, nonsense, ridiculous, conspiracy theorist, kook, fringe, Living in your mom's basement, trafficking in the dark corners of the internet, any of those types of terms, you hold up your finger, excuse me. Because, see, what happened with, I didn't, I learned this during this two year period. I'm trying to comply with their boundary. Okay, I understand tact, timing, respecting people's boundaries, not ramming things down people's throats. So, I, you know, age appropriate. So I'm in the home and I'm two years saying nothing, but we'd be watching TV and the term conspiracy theorist would pop up in the the movie or whatever, and they'd sort of look at me and snicker. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm the one that's right. You're deceived, first of all. Let's not forget that. And I'm here basically, I'm basically uh, a... skulking around, begging for crumbs of respect, right? Trying as the father, cowering before my teenage children who think dad's lost his marbles because that's what mom's basically modeled for them. And so so I've agreed because I put you higher than my beliefs to not say anything, but yet you're going to still throw rocks at me from a distance by snickering when they t- I said, no, no, that's my boundary. So from now on, if you're if you not going to, if you're going to require me to walk on eggshells around you, you're going to have to walk on eggshells around me. I didn't create this censorship mandate. You did. So I'm going to require you to observe your own mandate. So I started saying, excuse me, I may be mistaken, but I'm not crazy and I'd appreciate it if you didn't. You know, if somebody says conspiracy theorist, you don't look at me and snicker, please. So that's disrespectful. And that worked. I started to feel a little bit of uh, more, you know, closeness to them because, you know, they realized what they were doing was. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, if you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of going to hell. So if you're a Bible believer, you should not be invoking conspiracy theories to people because it's the same sentiment.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah. So one one thing I've I've noticed is most of the time, I I keep a lot of opinions obviously to myself, mm-hmm. depending on certain company. I and in these days, considering the political climate, uh, I, I would recommend everyone just be aware of who you're or what you're saying to who uh, you also never know who's listening uh, considering, you know, we have tracking devices everywhere we go. Yeah. Um, so always, you know, just at least be aware of what you're saying to who not everyone is your friend and not everyone will take what you say. Uh, well, so not only for your own safety, but also just this this country's heading uh, in a pretty dark path. So yeah. never know. Um, outside of that, you know, I I try to usually back things up historically. I've noticed uh, usually is better digested. Um, obviously, there's many ways to discuss these ideas or these these topics or whatever and one thing i always bring up well first of all i just reject when people call me a conspiracy theorist Uh, Mm -hmm. i just i don't accept it you know um i'm like no that that's whatever you mean is no i i reject that Um, (laughs) right uh i'm not going to agree to that labeling um but also knowing that uh the first use of conspiracy theory in its modern understanding is uh, with use of uh, after the Kennedy assassination, yeah. which has pretty much all been admitted that CIA has had something to do with it. Um, we're behind it. So, I'm, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting to point these certain things out. I usually try to plant seeds and say, you know what I read the other day and I'll just plant a seed, tell somebody something. And it's, it's usually worked. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone, everyone watching this, you've, you've got to remember it's, it's always about the intent. And I can say at one point in time, I was, you know, one of these people like wake up America, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't respond well to that. Um, I, I think we should all be screaming <laughs> considering where we are, but um speaking to other people who aren't on this side of things. Um, it's, it's all going to be about your intent and it's all going to be about how you present it to them.
1: Yeah. And also how you're wired and what God's calling you to do. I mean, my next door neighbor when I was still in my home uh, was a super, you know, super duper truther. She knew everything, but she never said boo to her husband or her kids. She was a secret agent. And so how you're going to respond to what you found out is not a cookie cutter answer. It really depends. Yeah. Are you a man or a woman? Are you married or single? Are you rich or poor, Are you young or old? You know, there's just, and then for me, you know, I've been a sales professional, Uh, I was in the ministry, so I'm a preacher. I'm I'm just wired to be, you know, agent of change. I'm not not wired to just sit quietly. So it's going to depend on you and your demeanor and how you're going to respond. But I think what you said in the beginning is fairly universal. In other words, the idea of um, going along to get along, I think, is in the rearview mirror. The the gray area oh, yeah. between white and black or good and evil is going away, and everybody's going to have to pick a side. And they're going to come to our doors. They're going to drive you out of your home with, you know, trains crashing and chemical spills or uh, blowing up over a hundred major food manufacturing plants. In, you know, not last year, the previous year, uh, shut off the food supply. They're going to come. With, you know, a weaponized IRS, they're going to come with all kinds of things to kill you. Okay. Let's just say it like it is. And so yeah. the idea that you're just going to be nice is fine. You can do that right up until the time that you're done. You're going to be ended. Um, or you can decide that you'd prefer not to uh, go uh, out without. Doing something like not—it's a not on my watch response. You take up the gauntlet. Either one is understandable and biblical. The the Bible really pretty much it models a nonviolent response. I mean, none of the apostles were politically involved. They weren't social warriors, and in, or involved in prepping or self-preservation. Eleven of them were. Martyred and the 12th one was exiled. Uh, they did turn the cities upside down, but it was from preaching the gospel. So, you know, if somebody tells me I just want to focus on the gospel, I got no problems with that. Me personally, I'm in, I am engaged in social reform and things like that and the gospel. So Same. it's really up to you. It's not, there's no mandate. Uh, for anybody to do any specific thing, it's a personal choice.
0: So, one one thing I'm curious about: um, have you noticed since our our most recent global psyop, have you noticed more people um, coming coming into truth? What's
1: the global PSYOP you're referring to? Uh, COVID.
0: Okay. Oh, well, yeah,
1: that was a big wake up call for a lot of people that were not really awake uh, because it was so obvious. You know, you had the mayor of New York offering you a cheeseburger, a free cheeseburger. You know, that woke up a lot of people. And then. People taking it and dropping dead two days later by the droves. That really woke up a lot of people. And it also broke up a lot of families. There was a lot of divorces where one spouse took it. Well, I can't go to my brother's wedding unless I'm, I take the monkey juice, you know. <laughs> and the other spouse says, if you take that that artificially intelligent parasite, I'm out of here. Because I'm not going to be around you if you're shedding. I'm certainly not going to kiss you or have sex with you anymore. Yeah. And it was the end of marriages. It's yeah. not like one's a democrat, one's a republican. This is bombshell level stuff. So, yeah, there was a big awakening with that and it's not just that though. It's raining red pills. I mean, I don't know how the normie is reconciling their worldview with what's <laughs> going on now. It's going to get really hard for them to stay normie.
0: You know, it's been it's been interesting. Um because I'm so involved in this, you know, in my local area, um, there, there is definitely more people aware of everything than I think ever has. I I personally believe they overplayed their hand. Um, They, they thought they being the people that put the COVID plan in motion. um, Yeah. That they, they figured that they would be able to, get away with this a hundred percent. And in a lot of instances they have, uh, although that's, that's not over yet. (laughs) Um, although I, I have spoken to a lot more people, um, especially because of this podcast, um, people that have written books, people that have gotten involved, uh, in social change, um, just all over the place that, that, that instance is what radicalized them. Yes. And I couldn't be more happy mm-hmm. for that uh, as a silver lining. Yeah. Um. But the people who have continued to believe the lies are now at such a level of absurdity, mm-hmm. which is why I believe certain ideas that are coming in from... I, I don't like this term but the but the woke side um are so believable to certain people because they already have to believe such lies that all of these other things are just well, well yeah of course uh, mm-hmm. a, man, a man can get pregnant <laughs> like right right, <laughs> you know? right right um right now in my state one of the big arguments right now is is the uh the trans women uh, being able to go into women bathrooms and locker rooms and mm-hmm. stuff, and I was discussing this that the the Democrat Party here in my state is uh, entirely dependent upon upon trans people being able to get into women only spaces because that means legally speaking that men are now considered women, which entirely turns law upside down on its head. And from that point forward, they can move to the next stage of their, uh, their revolution. Yeah. And so I argued with a lot of people like, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a bathroom. And no, this is like, this is the turning point. If they can get this little thing done, then it's going to be a waterfall after that.
1: Well, not only that, but, you know, if you look at Sodom and Gomorrah, I come from a biblical worldview on everything. So if Sodom and Gomorrah is a model for when God finally says that's enough, what I see is when you begin to governmentalize or institutionalize flagrant sin, where it becomes the law, that's when God pulls the trigger and, and judgment falls. And, uh, you know, I think what you were saying about the the vax. are we on YouTube or anything or can we talk freely?
0: Um we are.
1: Um, but- All right. So we'll talk in code. That's fine. So the monkey juice, or the moon juice, I call it, uh, <laughs> is, is uh, something that I believe awakened a lot of people because for the first time, they got a sense that there's actually a eugenics program. Okay? Because essentially what yes. happens when you're a normie, you're, you trust Fauci. You trust the medical experts they're trying to save us they're trying to protect us it's safe and effective <laughs> and and you don't have any grid for the fact that the the shot is not for the 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 for covid covid is for the shot yes let me say that again the shot is not an a, a answer to the disease the disease was rolled out to get you to take the shot yes The shot is an artificially intelligent parasite. Yes. It turns you into the Borg.
0: So. Personally, uh, just to add a footnote to that, I, I think it was a lot of things as far as, uh, what they were injecting people with. Uh, I think it was just one huge experiment to see what happens if we do this. mm, For sure. So yeah, they were, they were obviously there, there was a, a central core thing, a central core plan. Uh, but, but there was also a lot of uh, what happens if we give this person one dose? What happens if we give this person a concentrated dose? It, it was just a let's see what happens one mm-hmm. time for them.
1: And I think I heard the feedback that they were, they were shocked at how compliant people were. Yeah. How how sheepish the populace was to line up and uh, just go Karen, th- you know, 2.0 on everybody and just fall in line. And I'm I'm wondering when they roll out the next plague, you know, it's going to be harder, though, because the next one will have a, it won't have a fatality rate of 0.003%. It might be 30, 50, 60% yeah so it's going to be a lot harder to say i'm not wearing a mask and yeah. i'm not complying you know it, they're going to go for the juggler if, if they can't rule they said they're going to destroy the earth we've yeah. ruled the earth for thousands of years so if we can't rule the earth we'll destroy that's what they told benjamin Fulford. well
0: so I, and then them attacking food supplies all over the place you know i i think they're 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 setting up so many outs that yeah. they'll they'll they believe they're gonna get their way. No no matter what the outcome is.
1: Yeah, death by a thousand cuts. Um, yeah, and I don't think you can walk it back. I don't think anybody's coming to save us. Uh, I don't think that we are. You,
0: well, thank you, <laughs> we're, thank we're, you. We're, I, we're, I, we're we're the ones that everyone's waiting yeah, for. I take
1: that back. I take that back. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, But I think, okay, so I don't see any pathway uh, back to normalcy anytime soon. So in other words, even if they shut the border today, even if they replaced Biden with Trump and he's a real person with a soul and all this stuff, I mean, it's going to be a rough ride and, and I don't see... Yeah. I don't see it, you know, continuing for five years either the way it is now. I mean, I don't see us no. getting through this year, right? <laughs> With social chaos being the norm is what I see. Yeah. Actually, I do. I am somewhat optimistic. I do see a a release of, of re, uh, uh, an avalanche of really good things and an avalanche of really bad things simultaneously. I don't believe we're going to go into North Korea all of a sudden. And there's always victories to be won. If you're a believer, God gives you parting the Red Sea when it's, you know, they were in or between a rock and a hard place. Yes. At the Red Sea. This, the walls of Jericho was a ridiculous undertaking. And God told them, all right, I want you to march around this thing for seven days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times and then shout. And archaeologists will tell you that the walls of Jericho were so thick you could drive a chariot across it and somehow all of the walls got pushed all the way down into the ground they're under the ground so what i'm saying is the the stock market crash of 29 went plummeting down but while it went down it was months months to do that there were these huge rallies on the way down so i'm not trying to suggest you know the white hats are going to come in and save us or anything like that i'm saying that god will give us victories on the way down that are glorious and we're not to we're not to pull the covers over our head jesus said you occupy till i come so we're supposed to go out swinging and get glory today is a good day to die (laughs) yeah so here we are jacob Making a difference, inspiring people, talking about, you know, what we can do. Not, these people are not God-like. They don't have God-like powers. They have they to get us to go they along,
0: yes, right? They just They just believe that they are, but they're not.
1: That's right. They don't, because if they were, they wouldn't have to censor us. They could let us say whatever we wanted because it wouldn't matter. It'll get to that point eventually. But they're censoring us for a reason because it matters. And then the higher up you go, then they start using lawfare. They just come in and, you know, sue you and put you in prison for nothing. And then, you know, that's our lot. That's the path we choose. My, my view is I'm gonna to go to prison either way though, because they're gonna come for me one way or another. You know, the FEMA camps are all staffed and empty, ready to go. You can look this up. Go to Google, put in this in the Google, three. Australian teenage youth escape from COVID camp. Okay? And <laughs> yeah, it'll come up on your phone. So these three kids weren't even positive. They were near somebody that was positive. So they're doing contact tracing. They arrested yeah. them, put them in this camp, and they were like 16 or 17. And they were like, bag this. They went over the wall in the middle of the night. And there was a, a manhunt searching for <laughs> these kids running through neighborhoods yeah. and stuff. Right. That's in a first world country. You people.
0: Yeah. Okay. Australia was amazing during this. Amazing. Uh, it, it was, it, it was the, the worst authoritarian book and movie yeah. just displayed. And there were so many people okay with it.
1: Well, that's cause they had already taken their guns. Yeah. And they were, it's like Canada is the same thing. That's why you yeah. got Trudeau up there in Australia. Those two regions <laughs> are already conquered, you know, and yeah. they got, they got an easy play there. So they, they were a test case. But my point is that happened and it, it, it'll happen here. So either way, you're host. So you have yeah. to choose how you're going to respond. Uh, resistance to tyranny is obedience to God. Okay, so in other words, Romans 13 teaches us that we're supposed to obey the authorities because all authority is from God. But how far do you take that? You know, if the government tells you, okay, as of tomorrow, every family has to sacrifice their firstborn to Moloch, please report to the Moloch center near you. <laughs> Are you going to obey them because of Romans 13? I don't think so. <laughs> So, so when does when do you draw the line? You know,
0: one thing I would like to point out to people: uh, this this is my sincere belief that black pills, the black pill, is a legitimate government psyop. It is meant to spread hopelessness before anything meaningful can be set up against them. So beware the people spreading black pill beware of the black pill yourself. Their censorship would be entirely pointless if things were hope hopeless right now. The, the system seems to be a, a scared animal backed into a corner and right now is the turning point. So beware the black pill. Now is the time to not be black pilled. Um, Per- personally, I don't, I don't see a reason to be black-pilled. Um, I, I have hope, regardless of how hopeless it looks. Uh, otherwise, I would just crawl into a hole anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard
1: I'm- this term, Jacob. I've heard this term, but I, I have to confess it's new. So red pill, I understand. That yep. means you're, you're going to accept truth wherever it takes you. So yep. what is a black pill?
0: So of course the blue pill, you stay in the matrix. A yeah. black pill is the same thing, but you're aware of what's happening, but it it appears to be hopeless.
1: Excellent. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's yep. what I talked about last night yep. on my last. And so
0: night. the the black pill is hopelessness, um, and then there's the white pill, which is you are hopeful. Um, you know, and which I feel. As though I am white pilled, sometimes gray pilled. I guess is a mixture between the two. So sometimes things just look so bad. It's yes. It's it's amazing that things are happening the way that they are. But I have to keep hope alive. You know, I I am not willing to just accept that things are already set in stone. I, I refuse to believe that. Yes.
1: And like I said, you're going to fight to the end. I mean, like yep. you're in your home and then the home invaders come in and they have your children at knife point, you know, you're not going to go, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. You're going to try to figure out something. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's a personal conviction because you could take the Gandhi route. I got no yeah. issue with that. Total non-resistance, just totally trusting God and staying in peace is a valid response. But yeah. others, others are compelled to go on to the battlefield, and that's also a biblical response. There is that's, a right to life that's taught in the Bible. David yeah. took the showbread under the ban, which was not lawful. And Jesus pointed it out. He said, didn't David take the showbread, which was a violation of the, of the ceremonial law? Jesus pointed it out. He said, look, he took the bread because they were hungry. So there's a higher law than this law here. It's the law of right to life. So you have a mm-hmm. right to defend yourself. You have, but you can choose not to, though, mm-hmm. in God. You can say, I'm not gonna On harm an another person. Yes. Yep. It's totally and personal conviction.
0: So I am of the mind um I I have chosen to fight. Yeah. Now because of uh certain certain uh events happening the the, you know the border issue there has been a contingent within the the republican party or you know the the patriot movement these these things um of you know wanting to go down to texas and you know join the good old boys and you know pack up your militia kit and go down and no, 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 (laughs) that's, that's Mm -hmm. a, that's a good way to get a repeat of January 6th, which was a complete setup. Um, that's not to say there's no way to fight back against these things. I personally believe that there is, and there's a way to do it peacefully, um, without using violence. Now, the reason why I promote that, um, is not because I am against violence. I'm, I am for violence in the use of self-defense. Yes. The initiation of the use of force is immoral, but it is moral in the sense of uh, self-defense in all cases. Um, I believe we have definitely been aggressed upon and we do have the right to defend ourselves and others. Um, however the state is violence personified. Yes. The state is violence. They have the monopoly on violence, so they know how to respond to violence. So becoming violent or having a violent uprising or any of these things would be completely futile and it would be used against any, any sort of legitimate uprising. The only way to legitimately fight back is to completely discredit them, completely destroy their narrative because without their narrative, they're nothing. Uh, Once you see that the emperor is naked, it's, it's hard to uh, look back beyond that. So um, I've taken the route of course of this show, um, but there are other things that can be done. Um, I believe that we, we could run our own, uh, psychological operations, because that's what all of this is. To propagandize is not a bad thing. It is to propagandize is a neutral term. It depends on how you use that particular tool. Right now, we are discussing certain ideas, and we are propagandizing these beliefs onto other people. So I believe that this would be a good use of the tool of propaganda. Um. You know, it's just easier to call it, you know, speaking truth or Mm -hmm. um, exposing lies, you know, however it's phrased. Um, But I truly believe that, you know, shining a light into the darkness is exactly how we're going to win. And, you know, that the pen is mightier than the sword. So...
1: Right, what do we have? We I mean we have the soap box, and then we have the ballot box, and then we have the cartridge box. You know, the second mm-hmm. amendment
0: yep.
1: is not for duck hunting, it's for tyranny.
0: No, <laughs> no it's two so, uh, tyrants in their place.
1: So I agree with you in your in our response, like the founding fathers talked about after a long train of abuses, you know, basically they're saying we exhausted all legal means. It's our duty to replace our servants, these are public yep. servants. Yep. We actually contracted initially for 17 services from the federal government. The states did, and now we're up to like six thousand. So they've, you know, there's over two million people, if you can include uh, private contractors, that are directly employed by the U.S. government. It's a it's a giant vampire squid sucking all of the money out of everything. If you look up the top 10 zip codes by per capita earning, nine of them are in and around Washington, D.C. The 10th one is Silicon Valley. That's where the, the people make the most money in, a, in one zip code. Nine of them are in and around Washington. So, I mean, this is a very difficult question. If our guns are the one are the one thing that's holding them back, like the Chinese we're famous as stating we can't attack America because there's a gun behind every blade of grass. What at what point you know does this thing go kinetic? I mean, okay. So for instance, if if I'm in my home with the doors locked at 2 a.m. and I hear noises upstairs and I go up there and there's a man poised over my daughter with a, a knife and I have my nine millimeter pointed at him, I've asked that question to I don't know 20 preachers. Would you pull the trigger? And every one of them said yes, because they recognized the right to life. Now, there was one that said no. He would allow the guy to kill his daughter because his daughter will go to heaven and then he'll go to heaven. And he didn't want to be responsible for sending the guy to hell himself. That I couldn't reconcile with the Bible teaching, because it's clear that you have a responsibility to protect your daughter. And that's an abdication of
0: that, right? I, I, I don't believe God would punish somebody for that. However, no. if 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 God did punish somebody for that, I'll take the punishment. No
1: doubt, no doubt. No, everybody would probably agree. So, but beyond that example, it gets a lot more fuzzy. Yeah. So obviously, rules of engagement would say no if you are, let's say, going to petition. You're going to picket the abortion clinic. You're not going to go lay lay in the bushes and wait for the abortion doctor to come out and you know bust a cap in them, right? Yeah. Or even if law if somebody comes to your front door with with uh two 20 somethings with clipboards and they got a couple of armed uh people with the costume on, right? And the badge, <laughs> and they're going to force you to take an injection. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? So I That's uh, a li- a little more difficult question because if you have four yeah. dead people on your front porch now what are you gonna do <laughs>
0: especially right if, especially if they have those costumes in a bag yeah
1: that's a tricky one i yeah. mean you got to think that one through for a while before you decide what you're gonna yeah. do with that
0: so i've i've discussed this a lot um i i actually wrote an, an article about it on my sub stack um if,
1: if keep going came- jacob i'll be right back i'm listening i'll be right back two seconds keep going
0: so my my personal belief is this is that there is a place for violence. Um, To be specifically clear, I believe that we have been, we have been aggressed upon in, we have been aggressed upon so much, so often, that morally and ethically, we would not be, we we would be in the right if we were to have an armed uh, uprising. Um, However, I don't believe it would be effective. Um, So morally and ethically, I believe there's been enough that has happened to us and continues to happen to where I believe we would be in the right for that. But once again, the state is violence. The state is the personification of violence. They know how to respond to violence. So for us to be violent is speaking their language. So, personally, I see it as though my line, my oh, you're fine. My line in the sand um, There are several states since the COVID thing um, to have passed laws, uh, my, my state included, that allows state officials to come into your house and be able to force um, treatment on you or those in your house. I yeah. believe that's the line in the sand. They can stand on my front porch all day, but as soon as they cross that threshold... I believe that's that's the line in the sand right there.
1: Right. It goes back to my analogy of a, if the government passes a law where you have to sacrifice your child to Malik, Yep. They've now become disqualified as being the governing authority. And they're yep. nothing more than any home invader.
0: Yep. Well, and I, I believe we've been aggressed upon enough that an armed uprising would be morally correct. Um, we've been lied to in so many wars. We get our money stolen from us. We, you know, we get treated like cattle. Um, Mm -hmm. They're, you know, pay this or else Um, you're going to do this or else. I I believe over the last 40, 50 years, there's been more than enough. Dig it, dig it. Yep. But um, I don't believe, you know, in, in the practicality of it in, in the real world, I don't believe that that would, work out in our favor, at at least without the numbers. Obviously we only need 3% of the population to make a big enough change. Mm -hmm. Um, but I believe that there are more, I, I believe there are options to take them out without Resorting to violence—it um, it sh- violence should be the the last ditch effort, their life or yours. Um, personally, my favorite is the the use of uh, alternative currencies. The biggest thing is defunding them. Um, it's peaceful and taking away their money. They, if w- without money, they can't do anything. And that's uh, right. So I I believe that that's that's the path forward. I highly recommend a uh, Monero cryptocurrency, the only cryptocurrency I recommend. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are complete surveillance garbage. Um, gold backs, and of course gold and silver bullion. Um, Ammo is never a bad thing or food. Those the sort you. of things you can barter with. But outside of that, we we've, we've got to defund defund them.
1: Well, there was a guy back 50 years ago, 40 years ago, called Dmitry Duneman. He was a preacher. He's from Russia, I believe. And he had, they, they finally tried to kill him. They arrested him for preaching the gospel. And they tried to put him in the electric chair. Uh, but the, an angel appeared and he survived. And so then they tried to put him in the electric chair again. And the angel appeared and he survived. And I think they <laughs> let him go. Thing. They let him go. Because they couldn't kill him three times. And his prophecy is the fall of America will begin with an internal revolution. And I forget the rest of it. But uh, there's a lot of people that have been mindful of that prophecy. And what we're seeing right now is 26 governors all aligning themselves with Governor Abbott against the federal government, which is tantamount to civil war. Because if the power structure, the central planners, you know, don't back down... What are they going to do now? Yeah. You got 26 states saying bring it. You're going to try to roll in there with military or I don't know, start bombing us? What are you going to do? It's intense. Yeah. It's totally intense. So, you know, and how is how is a, an election even going to happen? Even if there is an election this year, neither side is probably going to accept the result. Yeah. If Trump gets elected, you think that you know populists is going to accept him? I mean it's yeah. just, just we're so polarized now. So we're pretty much at the point where we're at civil war. Yeah. This just hasn't um, gone kinetic yet.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I I personally believe that the war has already started. Um Yeah. We we are just two different people. And there there's there's no living together. Um it's, I I can't live with with somebody who wants to use the state against me and my family. Mm. I, I can't I can't reconcile that. Um, <coughs> that that's tantamount to them sending you know a man with guns to my front door demanding that I pay them money or else. Uh, anybody who who views that as an acceptable way to run society, I I can't I can't live with that. <laughs> so, um, not to mention it, the, the moral and ethical imp- implications for doing something like that, uh, and saying that that is the price we pay to live in a civilized society is such a a backward statement. Uh, it's the most uncivilized thing to you know extort somebody uh, with the threat of violence against them, um, and it's. it's the lines are only being more and more divided. So no question. I, I don't see a way outside of this, except for maybe succession, um, you know, states going off on their own, which has been uh, part of part of the discussion more and more, it, it seems like.
1: It seems like the logical evolution of, I would certainly go to a state that's seceded from the vampire squid i mean you know there's good people in middle and lower but the upper echelons of our federal government has been
0: totally infiltrated and controlled for some time um so i did want to ask in your opinion what do you believe is happening with uh this this border thing um it it just seems as though it's political theater um and of course all all the trump lawsuits and all all of this it it just seems seems too convenient yeah
1: this is a big picture question for sure what are we watching huh is it all theater staged to to create a belief system in us that gets the result they want so the hegelian dialect is one aspect where they create a crisis and then they get us to demand the solution that they want, which like the Patriot Act, they blow up the twin towers. And then the next day they roll out this 2000 page thing that basically gets us to agree to having checkpoints and all that. And that's worked swimmingly. I mean, that's worked like a champ. I mean, try going and get on a plane. They're going to grab your junk, you know, and you're going to yep. let them. So my, my, Uh, My thesis on what we're seeing is that it's the same narrative as the Democrat-Republican narrative. For many, many years, and still today, many of us now realized it some time ago, that there's no difference. There is no Democrat-Republican. It didn't matter what president you voted for. If you voted for the Republican or the Democratic presidential nominee, it didn't matter because both of them were controlled. Same thing with the alien disclosure, which is reaching a crescendo. The narrative there is that there's good aliens and bad aliens, but they're all fallen angels. They're all demons. There is no aliens oh, from Alpha Centauri. They're multidimensional. Totally it's a fallen angel psyop. With a with the biblical narrative is the true narrative. Okay. In a similar way, I believe the white hat black hat narrative is the same. It's two wings of the same bird. So the narrative that there's a white hat rescue mission where Trump is in control of the military, I believe is true, but it's not patriots, it's Freemason white hats. So, for instance, General Flynn is shown reciting this prayer in this big meeting that was parroted by this new age witch who was supposedly channeling some ascended master, and he said her prayer word for word. So the, 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 the good news truthers, I call them, I've been keeping tabs on them. I'm not endorsing the people I'm about to say, but they're, they're the ones that are at the forefront. Charlie Ward, Simon Parks, Jocko, Juan Osavan, X-22 Report, uh, Benjamin Fulford, There's many people along, you know, that line and General Flynn that are our patriots. They are pro-freedom, pro-liberty, pro-lower taxes, less government involvement, less compliance. Those are all good things. However, in a bigger picture scenario, from a biblical worldview, This is all moving towards a one-world government, you know, financial religious system. And what I believe we're watching is not that these are contrived events, but they are actually real conflict between two factions. So not all of the deep state is singing kumbaya. You've got the Russian mob, the China mob, you've got the P3 masons, you've got the white dragons in, in Asia. Then you have the Rockefeller dynasty, which is uh, Bush, Clinton, Obama, that's a big dynasty, and they're total anti-human. They want to wipe everybody out down to 500,000, but not all of the um, factions are anti-human. Like the the white dragons were like, we don't want to kill everybody off, we just want to rule over them. So. One option is what we're watching is a a turf war. It's not fake and contrived to get you to trick you into complacency. That seems very superficial to me. That seems like a very superficial analysis of what we're being shown. What's more likely is you're watching a turf war. Now, on a higher level than that, the white hat narrative to me is as follows. The white hats are also the bad guys it's not patriots. They're Freemason, and they're going to bring in the Noahide laws, which are going to also separate your head from your shoulders if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, or if you don't completely bow down to the one world system, which most patriots won't. <laughs> so it's, it's that, to me, makes a lot more sense. So Trump you know, we all were were voting for Trump in the beginning, and he campaigned on Lock Her Up. And then the first thing out of his mouth in his acceptance speech is, well, Hillary's not such a bad person. I was like, oh, come on, man. you got to be kidding me. And then we were still hopeful because he came in and he was doing the most incredible things, things that we all hoped a president would do. Lower taxes, lower compliance, get us out of the climate accord, no wars, completely blowing up the spell that the media had over everybody. I mean, that was mind boggling to watch. And we're like, all right, finally, we got somebody that's gonna do something for the people. Well, when he doubled down on the vax, I mean, that was it for me. Because if you're valuating somebody, the most important tool is you have to watch what they do, not what they say. But even that becomes a difficult criteria because you can see the lengths that they'll go to to fake us out by their actions. So you watch two senators on the Senate floor arguing, the Democrats and Republicans, and they're ripping a new one to this guy. And he rips them back. And then you see them glad-handing each other in the hallway right after that. Oh, man, you really got after me, didn't you? I'll see you at the cocktail party, Joe. It's all a show. But I don't believe it's all a show. I believe it's real. And here's another possibility. It's possible that the Black Hats, this is the Rockefeller dynasties and all those guys, have been told, okay, it's time for you to fall on your sword and pass the baton to the White Hats, and Clint, you know, Trump and the military are going to come in and arrest you all. And they're like, no. They may be pushing back and saying, we don't want to give up. And so you might be seeing that happening. So that makes it very difficult to actually form an intelligent geopolitical position on all this. Plus, you have Biden isn't even Biden. It's a body double wearing a mask. Trump might be a body double. There's a lot of people that believe that, that the guy that we're looking at has white under his eyes. He's bigger. And what may have happened is after they stole the election, they said, we're going to assassinate
0: you and your... you got a, a body double in there, <clears throat> yeah,
1: so this is really complicated what we what we might be seeing could be nothing like what's really happening,
0: so it seems as though that dear leaders are fighting over who's going to control us mm-hmm. um, so. Trump has always bothered me. Um, I mean he's he's a 90s Democrat he's yeah. not a Republican yeah um, he was a one of the largest Hillary Clinton donors for years for decades um he was friends with all of them ran with all of them but um, you know
1: what let me just interrupt that might only be because he was a builder in New York and she was the yeah. governor so you got glad hand the power structure if you want to get the permits. And well, there's a lot of things that people pointed to, like that, or, you know, that he, he did occult handshakes, or he had occult symbolism in his hotel room, um, or, you know, that he couldn't get into the presidency if he wasn't in the club. But the way they keep you out of the club is that they strap your money. You have to raise $2 billion to run for president, but he had his own money. And then yeah. they try to blackmail you, but they couldn't find anything on him. So it is possible yeah. that he really did get into the presidency. Another one is I've said, why do you think he's a shill? Cause he's a Zionist. How do you know? Because the banks bailed him out and they're Zionists. Well, I looked into it and the banks bailed him out because they were, he was making millions and millions of dollars. So that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that he's a Zionist. So all I'm advocating for, I'm not pro Trump. I'm just saying that we have to think for ourselves and not take these superficial um, observations as proof. Because yeah. what was proof was what he did when he got into office. I mean, let's be honest. He was a wrecking ball yeah. and he reversed oh, the destruction of America.
0: That's where I I do agree that he is, like, regardless of his relationship before, he is – an outsider to that club now. Yes. Um, he, yes. He is not welcome within those circles. Um, but he was at one point, which is why I I love it when he can turn around and say things about who Hillary Clinton is as a person. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that through and through. That's one thing I can say that he is not lying about. Um, and I, I just, I think that's hilarious. Um, So I do believe that Trump on some level does want this country to succeed outside of, you know, personal interest. I don't think he's like this great, you know, incredible person. I personally believe that it's because the bar is so set so low that Trump looks like the great person that he is because everyone else is so trash yeah and strip away all of the the controversies and you know the media and the state the intelligence communities hating on him strip away everything he's just an average president just okay um the fact that he didn't start a war like that 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 should be that should be a given for any president yeah, right. <laughs> want to start a war. <laughs> so, right. you know, he's just an average president when you strip everything away. Um, I do get concerned with the cult of personality built around him though. Um, I I do believe it throws blinders up. Um, that would allow him, you know, certain things like the Vax, uh, even though there were patents on the vaccine, dating back to like 2015. So it does kind of ab- absolve him of some responsibility. Um, but overall, I would say he's probably the safe bet. I just don't think he cares about us quite like everyone says he does. Um, mm-hmm. Cause after all he is on that level and we're, going to be the only ones that save us you know every Mm -hmm. individual is responsible for themselves
1: yeah well the narrative was that the generals saw Obama going out to all the field level officers and and asking them if they would fire on U.S. citizens and if they said no they were given early retirement no option and they realized that the government that had been captured and if they didn't do something then they were going to lose their country. And so they. the narrative is, I don't know if it's true or not, but this is what the good news truthers told me, is that the, they went to Trump and they said, you know, if we do a coup, it's not going to go well for us and it'll be civil war and history will not speak well. So we'd like you to come in and be president and bring the country back from the brink. That's the narrative. Now, yeah. the guy... Didn't need all these headaches. He has he, fortune. He could just live out his life eating steak and playing golf. And if he's a real person, then he agreed to that. And, and he's incredible to come in and, do, and subject himself to all that to save his country. Because he figured, well, I'm going to lose everything anyway. That's what I think. That's one option. The other option is that he is, in fact, not what he says. And my, my belief is that that's probably more probable and that yeah. his mission is the white hat mission, which is not, ju- but the problem with the white hat mission is it's not really what we've thought. It's not QAnon. It's not the Patriots that are going to restore the republic. And, you know, there's going to be a debt jubilee or there's going to be freedom. We're going to, you know, no, it's going to be enslavement just under a happy smile. No, yeah. look into the noahide laws they'll implement yeah. that and that's going to be enslavement with a smile
0: and let's let's not forget uh my favorite trump quote that he'll uh you know take the guns first and worry about Ooh, due process later remember that one remember that mm-hmm. one
1: yeah yeah but that's a f- i forgot about that
0: yeah um so i do i i do want to bring up this this subject and We'll we'll start wrapping up here soon, so I don't keep you too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that <clears throat> I think hurts the truth movement, the patriot movement, freedom movement, all all of these things, um, but especially within you know the the realm of conspiracies or um, any, anything along these lines is that there is a, a concerted effort to control the counter narrative. And it's, it's meant to, I, I was looking for this clip. It's a, uh, it's a speech that Obama gave and he was discussing how, because of the flow of information that the intelligence agencies need to focus on not only controlling what information they have, uh, also the narrative, but they also need to inject, um, counter narratives to be able to muddy the waters, make so many possibilities out there that people don't know what is true. Yeah. Um, I, I believe this, this came after his, his uh his repeal of the Smith Mund Act. Mm -hmm. Which is propaganda legal, right? Yep, exactly. So but there was that speech of him talking about injecting uh you know counter movements, counterculture movements with fake narratives. Um I believe personally that this is where QAnon comes in. Um and it's so devious how well it works because they take something that is true, such as, you know, pizza gate or, you know, the, the elite pedophiles, they take that and then they add just enough on it to where if you're not careful, you're going to go down a path and it's going to completely discredit everything. Mm-hmm. And so, what I wanted to do is ask you um, what, because things are so crazy. Like the, the truth seems to be so outlandish. Like how could things get even crazier than that? What have you noticed to be something within the truth community that it's like that, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem like it should be here um, or in anything that seemed out of place because I I tend to see fed narratives as uh, unnatural. It, it doesn't feel like it's the right path.
1: Right. So how how are we being co-opted? Because if you can't stop the awakening, you're going to try to go in and co-opt it. It's funny you mention that because I just did a talk last night called "The Pervasive Fallacy That Everyone's a Shill." It was a two and a half hour talk on that topic. I mean, it covered a broad range of um, concepts, but basically, if you're the if you're the deep state, the controllers, the central planners, <clears throat> the masters of illusion, and you have all these uppity. People trying to mess up your world plans—you uh, have to inject narratives that are going to neutralize them. One of them is, "Well, everybody's a shill," which has a has a dampening effect because it makes the truthers apathetic. What's the use of trying to do a podcast if all of the all of the judges are corrupt, all of the politicians are corrupt, all the police are corrupt? All of the people that even sound like truthers are shills, it's so overwhelming. I, I give up. I'm pulling the covers over my head. That's, I believe, is a psyop on the truther community. And that's worked swimmingly because essentially what's happened now is anybody, if you're not aware of it and you're not humble, uh, what happens is if you disagree with somebody, you're called a shill. Well, a shill is a lying deceiver. It's a criminal. It's not somebody that just has a different belief than you. It's somebody that is premeditatedly lying to hurt you. That's not the same as I believe in the flat earth and you don't, you know. That's not the same as I believe that the governments are corporations and you don't. Let's have an intelligent discourse and maybe you can convince me or maybe I can convince you. But don't publicly claim that I'm a scam artist. Because you yeah. disagree with me. Okay. That's one yeah. one thing I've noticed. The other one is, you know, if you, if you come into the truth or movement, which means you've begun to question the official story, anything outside the Overton window. Um, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um,
0: oh, gosh. Just Any, anything outside the Overton window, if you come into the truther movement,
1: what was the question? The initial question. Oh, what do what do we see? Okay, right, thank you. All right. So, how much of what we're discovering next, like what's the next rabbit hole? How many of those are are actually introduced by them? Like we're being led along by the nose to to find out the next thing and the next thing, and maybe maybe it's to get us all wound up and all bound up in trying to figure out the next thing when this thing over here or just making us totally dizzy, you know. It's hard to know where to put your allegiance to. If I'm a Bible believer and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, where is my allegiance as a patriot? How much time and energy do I put into saving our freedom? Well, personally, I don't think You're going to want to live in North Korea. Uh, You know, I talked to a guy once. I lived next door to him. He was in Romania when they had Ceausescu in there. And his father had a farm with 100 acres. And they came to him and they said, we're going to take 99 and three quarters of your acres. And you have to still farm it and give us everything. And you can keep what's on the other quarter acre." Yeah, that's what they thought. So if you don't want that, okay, we're not there yet. But we're heading there and we will be there inexorably, it looks like. And so many of us have realized if I don't do something, I'm going to lose everything anyway. So I might as well lose it or have some hope of not losing it, right? And if I still lose, I will at least go down with honor, right? You can live on your feet or die on your knees. Uh, but I'm wondering, you know, what, what, if, what is the central planners doing to the truth of community? How are they injecting new, th- new things for us to chase after? And what should I be focusing on uh, as content? Like your, your, your message is a geopolitical message as far as I can tell, right? Your look, Your shirt says, we the people. You have the constitution or something like that behind you. And that's where you feel...
0: You can affect the most change at this the level. The most most digestible message. Yeah. Um, in in many cases, so.
1: Right. So myself, I'm coming from a biblical worldview. I was in the ministry for full time for eleven years as a youth pastor and worship leader, and another twenty years Both in of lay ministry. of those message are like, phew. right. Yep. So I'm after the souls of men. I'm about the kingdom of heaven. And my actually my lane, it's kind of obscure. I've actually provided a biblical analysis of the Mandela effect for the last seven years. And really the, the journey of the truther. How do you manage finding out these things when your spouse and children don't? My children are barely talking to me now. They're teenagers, it's a nightmare. So I minister to that community that's my mission field that's my vi- my mission right because I feel an, an incredible connection to them and of importance it's relevant but I also am not pigeonholed there and I have you know a legal education movement thing and and that's to me very kinetic because essentially as a truther what we believe is is if we are a content creator I mean We hope to free men's minds, and then there's a trickle-down effect on society. The legal education movement actually places in your hands kinetic tools to free yourself literally. So, you know, if I'm pulled over, I'm not subject to the policies of the company anymore. Improper lane change does not apply to me. Now, that ticks people off. What do you mean the laws don't apply to you? No, the laws apply to me, but statutes, codes, and policies do not apply to me. flurney versus First National, a code or statute is not a law. Ray Self versus Ray, a code is not a law. That's Supreme Court ruling. And then my favorite one, Colonial Pipeline v. Tregel, statutes, that's policies of the company, apply only to state created creatures known as corporations. Ha. <laughs> so you can free yourself literally from tyranny. Which is a lot of fun. A lot of fun.
0: So it it just one one of the biggest things that really tipped me off to this whole counter counter, counter narrative um I have Made friends with a couple of um, really high level um, 9/11 researchers, mm-hmm. um, and the the 9/11 truther movement is filled full of just all sorts of things that discredit the real story to the point where a lot of the people who have done research. Have just walked away and given up. Um, there have been a lot of a lot of misdirection, and after getting to know these people um, and seeing that the amount of time and work that they've put into this, all for it to be, you know, discredited because there's some counter counter narrative thrown out there. It's it's really disheartening, and not to mention my driving force is truth. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I believe that the truth is already so interesting and so crazy. We we don't need to make things up. And also it discredits us. If we push these certain things that actually aren't true. Also, I don't want to help the feds push their narrative. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I, I always advise everyone. Just, you know, keep, keep an eye out for certain things. And that's not to say don't question things. That's not to say don't go down that rabbit hole to see where it leads. But realize that there is a concerted effort to discredit the counter-narrative. There is a lot of money being poured into making anyone questioning the official narrative to look bad, to, to look worse than what the general public, the normies already think that we look bad. And I've seen a lot of people just fall for things that are very clearly a honeypot. Um, so always, always keep an eye out for that. And you know, I can't say that I've never been tripped up by honeypots. I definitely have. It's, it's not easy. Um, but that's why you have your community. You can also go to people, you can, you can ask people, you can bounce ideas off of people. Um, anyone listening to this, if you ever are curious, if something might or might not be true, come and ask, I'll, I'll talk Mm -hmm. to anyone about it and I'll, I'll give my opinion or I'll point you in the direction to find, you know, find the truth, um, about this. And, you know, Pizzagate, I think, is like the biggest example. Um, QAnon is clearly a a idea meant to discredit this whole movement because the more you look into Pizzagate, the more real it is and the more uh, you realize how blatant everything is. Um, I mean, just the murder of Seth Rich alone is... (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's damning evidence and there's just so much out there meant to discredit it to make it look crazy even by conspiracy theorist sure. standards.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't really care if pizza gates r- real or not cuz if you don't know that the elites nectar is adrenochrome and their whole thing is pedophilia then you know you don't you haven't yeah. looked into it yet. Yeah. So they'll do psyops like that where they'll have a thing and then they'll prove it wrong. Yep. To put that narrative out, counter-narrative out there.
0: Yep. Fact checkers. Oh man, I love oh, fact yeah. checkers. Yes. Yes. What a, what a dystopian <laughs> idea that is. <laughs> oh my gosh. 100%. So, what and we'll we'll wrap up on this. Um what what message like if you if you had the ability to just speak to a massive crowd to have everyone listen to you, what What would you want everyone to know? what What is the one thing that you would hope that they could take away from okay, great consuming question. your content?
1: Great question. All right, so excellent question. So as I've mentioned, unashamedly, I'm coming from a biblical worldview, which means all roads lead to Jesus. In other words, all of us listening are going to draw our last breath someday. So if you set out to be a truther, you're in a search for truth. Paul, the apostle, summed it up when he said, if I know all mysteries and have not love, I am nothing. If I give my body to be burned and I have faith to move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. So if your journey to find quote unquote truth doesn't lead you to a person, The truth ultimately is not a thing or a concept or a philosophy. It is a person. It is your creator, this God. I mean, if you think that you are the result of a biological process and man evolved from a primordial soup somewhere, then you haven't really thought it through because the evidence is overwhelming (laughs) that you have a creator and that creator has a desire to have a relationship with you that makes all of this journey we're on worthwhile. Because otherwise, you find out the mysteries of the universe, and then you draw your last breath. And if the biblical narrative is true, you go to one of two places. So really, life from a biblical worldview is actually preparing for the day of death. Because according to that Bible, there is a choice that you have to make to be approved, to be accepted. You have to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. That is my message. And so it's not mutually exclusive. You can be a truther and walk with God. You don't have to discount that, and so I think that for many, Many of these revelations have expanded their, uh, their filter, and God begins to become more um, on their grid. They start to think more about the fact that you know they are missing something, and it's probably him. And you can't get to God outside of Jesus. You can talk about God, but ignore Jesus doesn't work that way. Because he said, No man, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So if you want that, it's very simple. The thief on the cross made it clear. All he said to Jesus on the cross, he said, Hey, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's all he said. And that was sufficient to go from dark to light. Jesus said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. So somewhere, someday. In your room, just say his name, Jesus. I saw a guy told me, all I said was, it wasn't very pious. He just said, Hey, if this is real, show yourself to me. And he told me the next that he said that night I fell right asleep like a baby. It had never happened before. He said, The next day I woke up and I knew Jesus. And I loved the Bible, and now my life has changed. So it's not complicated. Just say his name and say, I, 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 you know, I don't want to go to hell. I'd like to know you, and I want to have my life mean something beyond just amassing knowledge or wealth. Uh, please reveal yourself to me. Something like that. That's really how it works. You have to repent of your sin and believe the gospel. That's the formula for being transformed from darkness to light.
0: Well, I think that's one hell of a message to pass on. Um, you know, going through all of this within the last couple of years has led me to, to find my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for many years, I just, I wasn't interested and, you know, for many years, even I I was, uh, a, a practicing Satanist, um, never a hard holding member of the, the church. I, the, those guys are a bunch of jerk offs, but, mm. um, it, it, it's like psychodrama or 98% mm. of all of them. There's, there, there's a few of them though, that take it very seriously, but yeah. the, the, the majority of it, it's just meant to piss Christians off. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, through all of this, it's it's led me to you know find my faith in Christ again. Um, I usually you know keep a lot of my journey personally, at least on on this platform, to myself. Not only is it you know my journey with Christ, but it's a it's a belief that, uh, especially because I'm just a I guess like a baby Christian again. Um, that when I need, or when, when I'm told to talk about these things, I, I will talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't keep it off my channel. Um, but I don't, I definitely don't want to ever be promoted. It's like a Christian thing. Um, I've also tried hard to not be labeled strictly a, a libertarian podcast. It's I'm, I'm a podcast that's ran by a libertarian who's also not a libertarian. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these different labels, whatever. Um, my personal belief is that to reach truth, there, there is only one truth and that's, uh, the fact that Christ is Lord and, belief in him will lead to all things good. Hmm. Um, that's cool, man. So it's, it, it's interesting because in the search for truth, that's where it's led me. <laughs> yeah. You know, go figure. Um. So, yeah, I, I think that, that that would be a great message. And, you know, there's no shame in anybody who's not there yet or anyone who is uh not... If even, you know, deciding to be on that path, there's no shame in that. As long as you are fighting for truth, uh, using reason, logic, and evidence, yep. you know, we, we can make the world a better place. Um, so on that note, uh, I rather enjoyed this conversation. I definitely want to have you back Super. so we can go go down some more rabbit holes, get into the <laughs> book a little bit more. Cool. There's, there's just so much... So much that we didn't touch on and could yep. touch on. Um, so go ahead, uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, Excellent. What what projects you have going on um, and uh, what what you would like people to see.
1: Great. Yeah. And thanks, Jacob. This really was fun. Great interview. I love this interview. And so, yeah, my website is wakeuporelse.com. Uh, the YouTube channel is Wake Up Or Else, all one word. And you can go over there and part of live streams. We have a, a Truth or Hangout on Fridays on freeconferencecall.com, 7 p.m. Eastern. Password is wake up or else. And then um, my book is called The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. It's on Amazon in audio and paperback and uh, ebook, but it's on basically almost every platform now. So you should be able to find it, but Amazon for sure. And also we got a podcast now, which is called The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide Podcast. And that's on all the major platforms. So be sure to uh, go ahead and log on over there and follow us over there as well.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, everyone watching, um, thank you so much for joining both John and I on another episode of Rise to Liberty Podcast. Yay! Um, There is there is one thing that I wanted to bring up recently. I had watched a presentation, um, that was given at the greater reset conference. Um, it was, let's see, pulling it up right now. I should have already had this up, but, um, it was a discussion about why the, uh, why the freedom movement is failing. And it was a real honest look at why things aren't moving more in the direction of, of freedom. I mean, there, there's so many people that discuss wanting this, um, that, that discuss, um, Fighting for freedom. Like, why Why aren't we seeing it? Uh, mm-hmm. We are getting our asses kicked Totally. <laughs> by the tyrants. It's and so true. So let's see right here. I will share my screen real quick. There is, it's right here. So it is the greater reset. Uh, it's the fifth one right in a row. Uh, Mm -hmm. Part 2, Day 5, Building Free and Concise Communities. Um, I will make sure and uh, post this in the chat. Um, Right towards the end, it was a presentation by Mark Passio Mm -hmm. uh, called Why the Freedom Movement is Failing. The timestamp is 2 hours 15 minutes and then the rest of the video is his presentation. I highly recommend everyone go watch this. It is incredibly valuable um, if we are ever going to make headway with gaining liberty. This is this is a discussion that we need to have. It is incredibly critical to not only look at our successes, but to look at our failures. And if we can't be honest about that, then we kind of don't deserve yeah. to get any of this in the first place. Yeah. Um, it's true, other, man. other than that, um, I do have, uh, let's see. Um, just recently have started a, a Ko-Fi page. Um, see here kofi yeah kofi it's sort of like buy me a coffee mm-hmm. um, let's see here and i'm so bad i should have had all this pulled up um the it's right right here so head on over it's uh it's in the episode description um or K-O-F-I dot slash rise to liberty. Um, there's going to be a spot for donations. Um, I am currently setting up monthly tiers. There's going to be all kinds of, you know, different benefits to uh, monthly supporters. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, the, the first financial goal I'm trying to reach is just to keep the lights on, mm-hmm. um, you know, running all of this, it's not free. Right. So we want to be able to get out there and, uh, support the platforms that, uh, that we all depend upon. Um, so that's, that's what all of that's about. I will be plugging that nonstop, um, to keep the lights on and the coffee flowing, Dig um, minimum $2 donation. And then with, with the membership tiers, there's going to be a lot of, fun, exclusive stuff and, you know, merch, content, um, opportunities there, there's, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. So other than that, make sure and go to rise liberty.com slash links, which is my master link. It will pull everything up. Um, we've got some more solo shows coming up. I'll get another, uh, interview set up here with John. Mm-hmm, go check definitely. out his, Go go check out his work. Uh, definitely pick up his book. It is it is a phenomenal read. I'm like two thirds of the way through it. Um, and other than that, I do have one question, one last question, and we'll we'll go out on this. Yep. I like asking this question because it gives everyone gives a different answer, and I love hearing everyone's <laughs> perspective. So on that. Why does liberty matter in the first place? Oh, Oh my gosh. I don't know. I like going
1: out to eat. You know, I like not having checkpoints. Uh, We're not men are born free and then get enslaved as we engage in life. So freedom is the standard. That's the default status. But but unfortunately, psychopaths tend to gravitate towards positions of power. I mean, there's no mystery to this. Hitler, Pol Pot, Stalin, Mao, these people killed hundreds of millions of people, of their own people. And so, you know, it's like, do you love death? Do you want to be enslaved? Why does freedom matter? Because it's fun. It's way better to be rich and free than to be poor and enslaved. Let's be honest. I like steaks. I don't want to eat bugs. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, man.
0: Yeah. Standard of I've, living. I I really rather like my stuff, you know? I don't want to own nothing, and I definitely won't be happy. So, yeah. Not not that I'm a material person, but, you know. Right. There's a few, I mean, there's we a few are, though. I, I, mean, yeah. I
1: mean, everybody, you know, poverty's a curse. And wherever there's yeah. a lot of poverty, there's a lot of crime. And so – you know, we're not designed to live on chips. We're designed to eat well, have health, good health. It requires money. You have to have a roof. So these people want to take this away. They got all the money in the world, but it's not enough. They want control. They That's their nectar. Yep. And they're psychos. And, and uh, humanity needs to rise up and
0: be basically...
1: T- freedom isn't free.
0: Yeah. That's key. I'm not going down without a fight. Dig it, man. So
1: definitely look forward to coming back though. This was awesome.
0: Yeah. This this was a blast. Thank you yes. so much, John. Pleasure, and, man. Pleasure. Uh, everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in. Yep. Uh hang hang out, John. And okay uh, sounds good. We'll we'll wrap this up. All everyone right. else, until next time. Stay free, my friends. You bet.